everyone, this is Abby and welcome to Cafe con Abby. I hope you are starting your day right, ending it nicely, or just in between. Whatever it is, I hope you listen with an open heart and, more importantly, with a mind that's engaged. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Today's episode is titled Love and Hurt and Healing. So when we've been hurt, we know it's difficult to be loving and kind, even though we understand that it is something that we have to do in order to be able to heal properly. So I hope that you enjoy uh, these truths in today's episode. When a person has been hurt in life, especially through a situation that was one where you were lied to, there comes a disillusionment towards everyone. This can turn someone into a very bitter and unforgiving person by asking things like, but what if I get hurt again, lied to again, taken advantage of again? Well, let's start with a standard that may seem out of the ordinary and to many completely illogical, just does not make sense. And of course, the standard I'm talking about comes from a biblical truth. This biblical truth comes from Ephesians 4 and just remember as always you want to read the entire um, book and chapter you can understand where this is geared to who was the audience and who was speaking and the situation that was being addressed and so here is uh, verse 31 through 32 it says get rid of all bitterness rage and anger brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Now Ephesians is written to those in Ephesus that believed and had placed their faith in living a lifestyle with a biblical worldview. So this book, first of all, is directed to those with a similar faith. This is where your worldview may be challenged because while you may think that you have faith, in the biblical worldview, our current society has had a sneaky way of corrupting this truth. We should live a life led by these standards and pray for wisdom in all situations. I am in no way advocating violence or even turning a blind eye to abuse. This is geared towards those that abide by biblical standards and allowing a place for justice in others. A very independent young lady growing up because Well, I had to be. It is nothing that I'm resentful about. I mean, we can all look back and think of specific areas where we wished it was different. Things that we wish had never happened to us or, you know, etc. The thing that we must note, though, is that we would not be the same person had all of these things been avoided or taken away from our journey. With the truth of knowing that individuals in this world do not hold or even care to hold a biblical worldview, comes this awareness that their choices and repercussions will possibly have a negative impact on our world personally and on those around them. We are told to recall we were once like them, right? Once we did not care about the things of the Bible, we didn't care about God, we didn't care about these standards, and We didn't care about the eternal and the truth that comes along with that. But we loved living in darkness and fulfilling our own selfish desires. It was all about me. 
Well, when a person is hurt, they may feel the urge to get even with the world, the person that hurt them, or even a group that hurt them. And for example, here I'm talking about these churchgoers or false teachers, or you may even turn your back on God. Anyone that may pose a possibility of hurting us is someone else that you may want to get even with or just avoid altogether, like in relationships. I get it. Really, it is better to live alone than to live lonely in a relationship. At least, that was my belief. I had that for several years. The fact is that one could choose to become a hermit and not have any human interaction for the rest of our lives after we've been hurt. But there lies a great deal of misery and honestly, not much growth emotionally. We are living a life that has challenges and offers us many opportunities to want to call it quits. Yet, those that clearly seek clarity will be able to find it. This is from James 1, verses 1 through 5. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Of course, it goes on to say some more. In this chapter, James is writing to the Jewish believers that lived amongst Gentiles, and his purpose was to address some hypocritical practices and to teach proper Christian behavior to these people. Now, they had suffered many persecutions and were scattered in various areas. I think it's telling of our nature when James reminded them that trials were inevitable, but their purpose was to be the focus, right? What is the purpose of a trial? When we have been hurt many times, the aftermath is the time of true testing. Your mind will want to dissect every little moment, yet true wisdom would be to pray that God would give you his word to address the situation and how to react to it. God has his standards, and they are not to get even, not to harden our hearts, and especially not to hold a grudge. After all, we may have done the exact same thing to someone else in our own walk. In 2 Peter 3, says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So many times when I was taught this, it was presented as a mystical way of my needing to be a divine being, a little God complex, one as a God, and this participating, though, noted here, comes through studying and reading His Word. It says it's through our knowledge of Him. That's how we gain this godly life what we know about God and his promises and what he says in his word and to me honestly the sovereignty of God has been something that has been helping me here lately where I understand that he's still in control I have to trust that he has uh, his word that he's given us to rely on to put faith in him and not faith in other things. So 
you know, that we have this uh, earthly desire and passion wants to gear us away or pull us away from his knowledge and spending time in his word and understanding his principles and his standards and the selfish way of living and viewing the Holy Spirit as a genie in a bottle is very reckless and I hear it so often I was taught it you know you just the Holy Spirit will reveal this to me if I pray this or if I do certain things and you know the the Holy Spirit will will give me these uh, words of wisdom for this person or you know just different things like that and it was me wanting to channel this truth where when we are wanting to have a personal relationship with God it the glory goes to him it's not about what we can do and what words we can bring forth from our you know inner self right because most of the time it's very uh, misguided we have to be so careful but to point to the word of God for these people that truth that's there instead and whenever we live a life like this of the Holy Spirit being a genie in a bottle it is going to stunt our growth in Christ we will be immature Christians and in 2nd Peter he goes on to give a formula um, how we are to work out our salvation there is a work that needs to be done and it is more of a putting those selfish needs and wants down you know, having that self-control and truly allowing God to lead us and help us grow in this area. So here's his um, list. It says, add to your faith. So you have this faith, this knowledge, this trust in God and Jesus Christ, who he said he was and what he did. Add to your faith, goodness. And to goodness, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control to self-control perseverance to perseverance godliness to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love he goes on in the following verses to say that if you possess these qualities in increasing measure right they're growing they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you keep growing in these areas, they're going to keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge, right? Where you keep reading the word and going to church and doing the thing, but you're not growing, you're not producing anything in your own life, people can look at you and say, well, I don't see any fruit of the Spirit. I don't see this person being uh, having self-control, right? Where you, you feel like you have to say the last word in an argument, where you feel like you have to prove your point. And then he goes on to say, but whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind and this is so key this is where our hearts need to be checked before we say and do anything it says forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins and this is where the judge judging others comes into play right whenever you are judging somebody else because of whatever it is, yet you're doing that. Now there's a right way to judge something, 
and you know we may talk about that in another episode there is a right way we are asked to judge and to test teachings that you know we're hearing you know believers that that we are to come to one another and say hey this is not right things like that and doing it things in love right real love to me is calling those things out in a person that you know are keeping them from growing right not just letting them keep on living their their lives and having these things have control over them um it says therefore brothers and sisters make every effort to confirm your calling and election for if you do these things you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our lord and savior jesus christ I think we may have the list a bit twisted, honestly. I see our current culture starting with love, but not the love that we know is from a biblical worldview, but one that is self-love. We can justify our actions and being rude, hateful, or angry because we feel wronged by situations or people. And this keeps us in an immature state. And unfortunately, we fail to see our own faults because our focus has become those of everyone else. When I stop and consider all the forgiveness and grace I've received, all I can do is cry and whisper, Thank you, God. You did it for me. And I trust that you can do it for them. I pray you get something out of this today. Love and hugs, Abby. I hope you got something new from our time together today. Well, my prayer is that you begin to hope again, believe again, and trust God again. Until next time, let's make sure we're reading it right. Love and hugs, your gal pal, Abby. Abby.